This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome to the Counter Narrative Podcast, a show designed to change the way we talk and think about education. By sharing stories of successes and triumphs, we aim to challenge the dominant narrative that often negatively portrays our disenfranchised populations. I'm your host, Charles Williams, an urban educator for more than 15 years, a current school principal in Chicago, an educational consultant, an equity advocate, and the co-host of Inside the Principal's Office. Let's get started. In this episode, I chat with Matthew Woods, who has served for more than 12 years assisting students, educators, and schools in a variety of roles. His professional experience includes being a high school social studies teacher, a middle and high school assistant principal, a middle school principal, a director of student support services, an adjunct professor, and a field instructor for student teachers. Additionally, Dr. Woods hosts an educational podcast, Leading Out the Woods. He's an author of a children's book series, I Wanna Be, and is an accomplished keynote speaker and educational consultant. During our conversation, Matthew talked about putting students first. This is something that we often say in education, but we don't necessarily reflect it in our actions. He points out that leaders who are loved by everyone may not always be telling people what they need to hear, but rather what they want to hear. Does it benefit students? He shares that it's easy to be mediocre and not to stir up the waters too much. But does it benefit students. If we truly consider ourselves to be educators, then we must always ask that question. Does it benefit students? If you're ready to hear some ways to ensure your practices are in alignment with benefiting students, let's go. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Counter Narrative Podcast. As always, thank you for sharing this space with me and the guests on the show. And if this is your first time stopping in, I hope that you enjoy what you hear. And of course, if you do, make sure that you subscribe on whatever platform it is that you're listening to. But uh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation uh, with a friend of mine. I, I've been able to share space with him, been on his show and now finally able to get him on mine. And it sounds like he is doing some big things. So really, really looking forward to where his adventure will be taking him. So uh, I am proud to announce to you the now Dr. Matthew Woods. <laughs> Matt, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How you doing, brother? Doing well, doing well. I, I have to ask, you know, the, the doctor labels new. Like, where yeah. are you at with it? Does it still feel weird when people are utilizing it? Do you do you use it? Where where are you at with it? Man, it, it, it does because, you know, it, it's funny. You know, now I guess when folks either introduce me or, I'll, you know, I'll be out different things. 
and they'll say it and it's um it's really like one of those imposter syndrome right mm. you you hear your name and then i'm you know i'm like turning around looking like well who's that and they're like it's you oh yeah yeah that's right <laughs> you know so it's it's one of those things where it's um it's it's i guess it's starting to grow on me but i'd be lying to you and the listeners on there if it's if it's not one of those things where sometimes i just kind of have to you know it's like someone's calling me Matthew a lot. A lot of folks just call me Matt. So even when I hear Matthew, sometimes it's like, it'll catch my attention. So it's, it's kind of the same thing. Well, there you go. I have people for whatever reason, they already call me Dr. Williams, um, which I guess, you know, it's, it's speaking it into existence, but my wife has told me by no means will she ever refer to me, you know, (laughs) I was like, okay, okay. Oh yeah, it sounds like your wife's been talking to mine because she says she says the same. Yeah, thing. she's like, no, you're um, you're still taking out the garbage. Like, don't let exactly. it get to your head. Still washing the dishes, <laughs> changing the diapers. But you know, she's she's still proud of me. You know, but it's like, nah, yeah, nah, yeah. you still mad. <laughs> so be, before we jump into the conversation, uh, Matt, do me a favor uh, and, and talk to our guests a little bit about who you are. Uh, you know, what role you currently have in education, uh, kind of how you got there. And maybe if there's something about you that maybe not a lot of people know. Definitely. Um, so, you know, like I said, Charles, thanks again for having me on here, brother. It's always too great to connect with you and chop it up. Um, for the listeners out there, my name is Dr. Matthew Woods. I am I'm an educator. Right. You know, I like to tell folks I, I'm still a teacher at heart. Um, I started in the classroom as a high school world history two and criminal justice teacher before transitioning into roles of administration, um, serving as a you know a middle and high school assistant principal, a middle school principal, and uh, currently a director of student services in the, the school district that I work in. I, I also do um, a lot of uh, consulting as well, working with different um, educators all across the country in a variety of you know different topics and themes, and really just, you know, Charles, just trying to utilize all of the the uh, experiences and, and skills that I've been, that I've had, you know, up to this point and mm-hmm. that I'm still learning and then just sharing it with other educators. So, you know, doing that in a lot of different um, phases, as you know, I've got like a children's book series, yeah, which yeah. I'm real proud of about my son. I want to be, we actually just released the seventh book, which is it's crazy to think about going from, you know, like one book to seven. Um, you know, I've got a leadership book I'm working on. I got a PD book that's getting ready to come out in a little bit. Uh, I've got my own show, uh, leading out the woods. It's a podcast where, you know, Charles, you had the pleasure of being on there and we just bring in, different amazing educators all across the country that I've been uh, fortunate and privileged enough to meet in a variety of different capacities and open those conversations up, right, to folks all across the country. All you have to do is just click on the podcast, listen to it, and you can hear from some of the most amazing educators out there in the country. So, yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, man, that's really kind of me and the stuff I'm doing. Yeah, you're like, "Mm, just that, it, you know podcaster author <laughs> like, like just you know just a couple of things just a couple of things <laughs> so uh, you know again just just thanks for being in this space and I, I i know that the conversation that we're going to have you know is going to be dynamic as you mentioned you know I, I got to be on your show you joined me on inside the principal's office so i i know kind of you know the dynamic educator you are and it's always nice to be able to connect in different spaces so that way you know, you have different types of conversations 
So I'm curious, you know, as we start to talk today, right, the whole point of this show is to say, hey, I'm going to push back, right? I'm going to offer a different perspective. I'm going to share maybe the story that's behind the story, right? Or even just say, look, look, that narrative isn't, isn't right. So I, you know, mm-hmm. you, you've been around, you, you've been doing education in, in from a, a lot of different facets and different angles. So I'm curious, what is it that you want to talk about today? Where do you want to push back? I mean, anything that people know that does not directly help all students. And, and for the listeners out there, what I mean by that is, if you, whatever you're thinking about, like a situation, it could be grading, right? It could be instructional strategies. It could be uh, the way somebody's leading. If you know that, hey, because of this action, I automatically know this group is being left out. That's the things that I try in my work to push back on. Because I think we all know that different things will happen where sometimes folks will be um not included or excluded for a variety of reasons, right? Unintentionally. But it's those decisions and actions that we make where we know that there is a group that we're intentionally leaving out. That to me is a problem, especially if we talk about doing what's right for all kids and all learners when we talk about education. So I'm wondering, and I absolutely agree with you, this idea that like we, we do that, right? We, we like to put in mm-hmm. our, our mission statements, our vision statements, that word all, right? All, 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 all. And yet we have policies and systems and practices knowing what's going to happen, as you said, right? Like I, I often say what you could predict, you could prevent, right? Mm-hmm. We know we go into these spaces, these meetings, and it's like, we're going to have a data meeting. Like, I wonder what it's going to say. Like, we, <laughs> like, we, we yes. already know, right? Like, instead of like hashing on that, like, like, can we figure out how do we move forward? And so, you know, I'm wondering if there's one of those areas in particular that you would feel comfortable or, or want to dive into, um, you know, as an example, you know, I, as I mentioned in our pre-conversation, you know, I, I'm in a new role in a new space. And I was psyched that they were like, hey, you know, we are we're embracing equitable grading practices. We understand, right, like traditional grading practices and assessment practices, right, like oftentimes, uh, you know, leave people out. I'm like, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Glad to be a part of this. But then as we are as I'm connecting more and more with teachers, I'm starting to realize like what you thought was equitable grading practices isn't really what you're doing. Like you, exactly. you, you're claiming it, but you're not actually doing it. Right. And so there's still some more work to be done. So I'm wondering, is there is there one of those topics in particular that you're like, hey, let's let's just dive in and have a brief conversation? Sure. I think I think we should just dive into the whole role of of leadership. OK. okay. And and what I mean by that is being a leader is just hard. Mm. And one thing that a, a mentor of mine told me as I, you know, I started my, you know, transition into more leadership roles, right? Was he said, you know, Matt, always be cautious of a leader that folks say everybody loves. Hmm. And he was like, always be cautious of that because that means they're not really leading. 
And I never really, you know, at first I was like, I don't really know, you know, what, you know, what is he, you know, what is he getting at? He's trying to throw one of the brain uh, teasers out there. Right. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, okay, what do you mean? And what I started to realize is it's easy to just tell people what they want to, uh, what they want to hear, mm-hmm. not what they really need to hear. So like, I can say, you know, Charles, that, that bell ringer you did today, it was pretty good. But in actuality, it wasn't. There were some things that you could have done. And for whatever reason, instead of me engaging you and figure out a way to engage you in that conversation, I can just pacify and say, you know what? It was good. Another example. When, you know, I pose this out there for the listeners. When you, for anyone who's like a leader, for example, when you see something that's not right. And you just walk by for whatever reason. Oh, I got to get to this meeting or I got to do this. Or you know what? I know Matt's having a bad day. I'm not even going to address it. Well, you're allowing that behavior to happen. It's one thing for it to, to happen and you address it, right? But it's another thing for you to see something that is that is off, that is wrong. And you just ignore it. Because when you do that, now you are accepting, in, in my in my mindset, you're accepting and making that accountable. You're allowing whatever is going wrong to happen because now it's been brought to your attention, right? Like you've seen it, you've been made aware of it, and you do nothing to address it. And I'm not saying, you know, Charles, you know, as administrator, I'm not saying, hey, you go in there and you write somebody up or you reprimand them, you know what I'm saying? But there has to be a way that you either engage that person in the conversation or you just say, hey, this is this is what we need to do. This is what I'm saying. What can I do to help you mm-hmm. and and do something to 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 change it, to pivot whatever that action is? Because if you don't, then you're allowing it to happen. And as a leader, that's where I just struggle, because then what's the, the, the purpose of you being a leader? Mm hmm. You know, it, I appreciate the fact that you're that we're, we're going to have the conversation around leadership, because I think, you know, oftentimes in spaces, we like to point the finger. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we like to say, well, this isn't happening because of this. This isn't happening because of that. And we and we keep pointing the finger. But I think as leaders, that's one of the things that we have to come to understand and realize is what role do we play in that? And very often, and, and I don't know your experiences with other leaders, it's not a it's not a conversation that that is often had. It's not a conversation that likes to be had, because the reality mm-hmm. is that if something is happening within your school, the question is, well, how is that being allowed to continue happening? Because a majority of the time, that's exactly what it is. As you pointed out, it's a it, it's being allowed to happen. You're right, it, and I mean, if you, oh, I'm sorry. No, go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 I was just, as you were saying that, I was just thinking and it brought to mind, like for the listeners out there, without, hopefully no one has a phone out in front of them, right? They're going to Google this. But if I just said, tell me what leadership is. And I just want everybody to think about like, tell me what leadership is or Mm -hmm. the definition of leadership, right? A lot of folks don't realize that leadership by definition is someone or 
a group of folks, right, or an organization leading others and guiding others. But it doesn't say where you're guiding them to, right? Right. It doesn't say where you're leading them to. It just says you are guiding them to, to wherever it could be, right? So if that's the definition of leadership, whatever happens, if it happens on your watch, is due to leadership. Like, and that's where, Charles, I think people have a hard time accepting who who are in leadership roles because you take the good and the bad, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. regardless. Even if it's not your fault, it's your fault. And if it's something's good, it can't be because of you. It's because of everybody around you. That's that, that is what leadership looks like. It's a it's a messy messy perspective, messy business, but that's just the nature of the beast, right? And Charles, I know because you work with a gazillion educators like me in different capacities. So you've seen leadership, I know, from a variety of different you know perspectives and, and roles. And when we think about the folks who are just amazing leaders, no matter the circumstances, they're still guiding people towards the positive, right? They're, they're, they're climbing that mountaintop. And when they get to that mountaintop, it's the beginning of the next mountaintop. They're, they're pushing the envelope. They're, they're mm-hmm. helping folks stretch and get to, to places and reach these objectives that without that leader, they wouldn't have been able to, right? But then on the flip side, if we think about some of the bad leaders that we've seen, well, they are allowing bad behavior and they're doing nothing to guide folks towards what they need to be guiding them to. So, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm curious, right? We, we're having this conversation around like leaders, right? The, this idea that whether or not I, right at the end of the day, my job as a leader is to, to, to guide you towards some destination, whatever destination that may be. Mm -hmm. And however we define like that, that good or the bad, the idea at the end of the day is what we're saying is what we allow to have happen. Right. And I, as a leader have to take responsibility for that. If, if, if I'm allowing practices to occur within my school that are systematically and intentionally not allowing for all students, right, to to reach success, right, even though that's the thing that's plastered, right, on my walls all over my school, I might recite at the beginning of every meeting or whatever it may be, right, that I as a leader have to take a, you know, full accountability for those outcomes, and we, we recognize mm-hmm. that the work that we do with leaders as part of the work that we do, like, that's what you have to do. So I guess I'm curious as to why, in your opinion, and your, your experience, then do leaders oftentimes either a not take accountability, right? They, they, they like to point that finger and say, well, it, it's for this reason or that reason or whatever it may be. And, or as we said, they, they, they take that easy route, not even though they know that is not what's best, right? I, like you said, I tell the teacher, man, that was a great lesson, but half your students were sleeping or, you know, it was 
a very low level activity where it's like that's never going to get students where they need to be in order to master these standards. But I'm just going to say it was great anyway, because it's a lot easier to have that conversation, right, than to, to, to push back or to challenge you. So why do you think that is? What mm -hmm. has been your experience with leaders who who go down that pathway? I think even when and not even just from us talking about leadership, right? I think in, in any type of capacity, it's easier to be mediocre. And and this is what, mm. what I mean by that. When you think of a situation with somebody, right? Regardless of what the situation could be. The first things that come to mind is if, oops, that person is terrible, right? They're like the worst thing ever or wow, they're very exceptional. When you think in your mind of any situation involving somebody, you immediately go to the worst of the worst and the best of the best, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm mediocre, I just fall, I just fly under the radar. And that does. And so think about it, like, let's let's kind of change it for a second. Let's say the NBA. Right. And Charles, I know, you know, this brother, I'm a, I'm a diehard Lakers fan, diehard, right, right. bleed purple and gold. Right. If my Lakers lose. You're going to hear about LeBron James. It's got to be LeBron James fault. It's got to be Anthony Davis. It's got to be Russell Westbrook's fault, even if they have a triple double. You know, LeBron drops, I think, 35, 9, and 9. I mean, that's a great game. You don't hear anything about, and I won't even, and I'm not trying to, you know, throw shade at anybody <laughs> else, so I'm not going to say the names. But you don't hear nothing about, you know, the players who, like, you would, in your head, if you were ranking them, like, 6 through 10 that's on the team, right? Right. You'll hear nothing about them. If they had a good game, oh, you know, Matt came off the bench, had hit like four threes. Good for him. Next game, I have four turnovers. You're not going to see me on SportsCenter getting blamed. You're going to see LeBron James, Westbrook, Anthony Davis, right? So I asked you, Charles, why is that? Hmm. Well, we know because they are the top players. They are the exceptional ones, good or bad. So once again, if things are going good, by default, they're playing good and they're galvanizing the troops, right? Getting everybody involved. If they're playing, if the team is playing bad, excuse me, losing. Well, you know, if LeBron had to drop 55, 20, and 20, <laughs> it would have been a great game, right? Anthony Davis, if he had a, not been injured and came back and dropped 100 points, we would all be going straight to the championship, right? So it's the same way when you think of other roles and especially when you talk about leadership within education, right? So now that we have that mindset, if people just kind of know that, then you have to kind of think about from an individual standpoint, when people are put in difficult situations, it's easy for them by default just to say, I'll just be mediocre. Hmm. And I think for all of us, all the listeners on here, if you stop and think about different people and you think about their actions or lack thereof, we can automatically in our head start naming people. Yep, you know what? That that person does just try to fly under there. Yep, that person does just try to do this. So I, I think, Charles, that by itself 
isn't just an issue within education. It's just across the board, right? When we when we think about this definition of leadership, right? And what, what leadership looks like. And then the other piece I would add to that, Charles, is this. Going back to the, the, the comment I made that a mentor said to me about, you know, if everyone says they love you, they they're not a they're not a great leader. Right. Or be cautious of it. Excuse me. And when you think about all of the great leaders, not even just in education, once again, both we'll just open it up right throughout history. At the moment of them making great decisions. They weren't universally loved. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the one example that always stands out to me. And, and it just shows you how the power of great work will transcend you. I mean, in, in, in some cases, right, we're talking about transcend, transcending even, even your life. When Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was killed, he was one of the most hated men True. in our country. True. That, facts. I tell all the listeners, you can fact check it. You can look it up. There were polls that they took saying like, hey, people hate this guy. You fast forward to today. You would never you you can't find someone who say, oh, I just hate Dr. K. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say you can't find anybody because yeah. there's always exceptions <laughs> to the rules. So I'm sorry. Let me let me. But universally, he is loved and recognized, not only just in our country, right, Charles, across the world for the work that he did. Now, think about it. At the time when he was actually doing the work. He was hated. But now he's universally loved. I mean, think about how how crazy that is. Right, Charles? If I could give one more example real quick. And this for listeners, even if you're you know, you're not religious, just throw this one out there just from a historical context. Right. When you think about the stories of Jesus. At the time, he was universally hated mm -hmm. for the work that he was doing and now fast forward to what 2022 i mean by the time this goes out we'll probably be in the creeping into the new year right 2023 right he's universally recognized as a good man a great leader so i i throw these two examples out there and i did that intentionally charles to give completely different you know forms of leadership right like a religious one one related to civil rights just to kind of point out to folks that when you are a great leader and you're doing work that matters, sometimes you are going to take some pushback. Mm -hmm. But it's how do you work through that? How do you still plant your, your feet in the mud and continue to do what's right, even when it's easy for you just to drop back and be mediocre? So yeah, I, I think about this right as, as, as a leader. Right. And, and just really having this 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 honest, maybe challenging conversation for some. Right. Because people get into leadership roles for all sorts of reasons. Right. Uh, whether or not it, they're they're wanting to do the work, whether it's because of it's the bump in salary, the recognition, whatever it may be. At the end of the day and, and going back to specifically with education, at least like you are tasked as the leader of your school, you are tasked with making sure that at the end of the day, right, that that every single student, regardless of where they came in, regardless of what they've started off with, regardless of whatever those things are, because we know 
the, the, the vast differences within our students. You are tasked, your job is to make sure that they walk out of your space, right, each and every single day, one step closer to their goal. And you're right. If it's easy to be mediocre and just to say, hey, we're just going to kind of fly under the radar, right, if you will, we're just going to kind of get by, you know, day after day, right, quarter after quarter, semester after semester, year after year, right, and, and I'll just ride this out through a retirement. Because I'd rather be, as you mentioned, like loved by everybody, right? I'd rather be making friends and not making waves. But I, I think about, you know, uh, my current principal, right? And my building, Anderson, Charles Anderson. He's one of those people who off the bat, if you say his name, people are like, oh, man, like, yeah, he, he he's loved, right? People recognize him. They appreciate him. They honor him. Like, they they, they see the work that he's doing, and it's funny because I think about sitting in spaces with him. It's absolutely right. If you ask most of the community members, if you ask the students, if you right, because he goes to bat every single day for the students. But in doing so, he really upsets people down, say, at the central office, right, at the district mm -hmm. office when he says, look, like, no, we're not going to be okay being mediocre. We're not going to be okay, like just stepping back and taking whatever scraps that we're like. I'm going to fight 100%, right, for my students. And that means, guess what? There's going to be people who don't like me, right? That means, like in Chicago public schools, that is highly politicized. That means my job can be in jeopardy if I upset the wrong person or if I say the wrong thing. But at the end of the day, as a leader, which means that I'm guiding others to a destination, I have chosen to guide them towards, you know, this ultimate success of saying that my kids, my staff, my families, my community deserves just as much as anybody else. And that is where I'm leading towards. Right. And so you're absolutely right. When when leaders go beyond a mediocrity. Right. When you start to challenge those systems, when you start to say, you know, enough's enough, you're absolutely going to upset people. And guess what? <laughs> you know, that idea of if you're upsetting someone, then you're doing the right thing. Right. More often than not, mm -hmm. <laughs> like that, that you yeah. know you're, you're doing your job right. Um, and so. As, as we move into the last part of this conversation, I, I'm curious because I'm sure there's leaders listening to this, right? Who are like, no, nah, I don't know what you guys are talking about, right? I, I think, you know, you and I have been in spaces and roles long enough to say, we're going to have these honest conversations. I'm going to say what people are thinking and not necessarily saying. I'm comfortable enough in who I am and how I'm showing up to, to do the work that needs to be done. But there are others who are like, I'm not yet there. <laughs> so I, I, I'm curious, how can we push them there? What are, what, what's some advice, suggestion, strategies that you have where an educator who might look around his or her building and say, you know what? I don't agree with this. I, I think this is wrong. This needs to be changed or within the district, wherever it may be. But I'm okay being mediocre. I'm okay kind of flying under the radar because I don't want to ripple waves. I don't want people to be upset but I know it's not right. So do you have any ideas, suggestions, strategies, whether it's from what you coach other leaders or just from your own experience? 
No, definitely great question. And and I think the way you set the stage um, for the administrator that, that you work with, it's like, like you phrased it when you said, hey, well, everybody loves him. But then you were like, but no, not really, because there are some folks who don't like what he's doing. And I, and I think that's the key for the listeners to take away. You're always at the end of the day, you're, you're not going to make everybody happy. And one thing that I coach other leaders on is thinking about typically the person who's smiling in your face, patting you on the back. That's usually the one that that's really causing you the most harm. Mm -hmm. What I love is the people who come up to me and be like, I do not like this initiative. I hate this idea or I'm thinking we should go left instead of right. Great. So let's have this conversation. Let's talk about this. That I love those conversations. Believe it or not, Charles. I love that because that person's letting me know up front how they feel and what they're thinking. And we can try to work on it together. It's the ones who smile in your face, but then they're stabbing you in the back. And as leaders, what you have to realize a lot is that your roles a lot of times, you know, if you're assistant principal, principal, uh, director, superintendent, you know, whatever you coordinator, whatever you are, people typically aren't just going to look you in the face and tell you how they really feel. Mm -hmm. They're going to do it in ways that will cause bigger harm because it's when they they gossip, you know, in the in in the in the lounge. When they, oh, can you believe they're making Mr. Williams is making us do this new reading initiative, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, and it's it's those are the things that then when it's brought to your attention as a leader, obviously you have to address it, right? And even if someone is trying to come at you unprofessional, you still have to always remain professional, right? But the the one thing to keep in mind, and I hope for all the listeners who are leaders think about this, too, is think about who's giving you that outside noise. Think about the folks who who say, for example, they hate you or they hate what you're doing. I mean, one thing that I I've, I guess over the years, Charles, gotten a tougher skin on is like, hey, if you're not doing your job or you're somebody who is not performing, And by virtue, you're upset because I'm doing, you know, my job or doing what I'm supposed to do to help hold you accountable. Well, mm, your opinion is not really causing me to lose sleep. Right. Right. You know, it's like, I mean, I'm doing what's best either for kids, for the community, for others. So if you're just bad because it's making you uncomfortable because you just don't want to do it and you don't have, um, another way to get this accomplished. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not really going to stress myself out about that. Now, if you are someone who's doing what's right and whatever it is we're doing isn't really working and it's causing you the stress, that's a different conversation, right? That opinion is going to really kind of bother me because then it's like, I've really got to retweak what I'm thinking, or we need to do a, a better job of getting this feedback to address this. And I think long as, you know, for the listeners out there, they can keep those things in mind, whatever situation that is they're dealing with. Like I said, it could be some type of instructional initiative. It could be, you know, something with accreditation, attendance, whatever it is, you'll be able to navigate those waters when you're dealing with different stakeholders. So, Matt, can I just say that I, I wish that I would have had that conversation with you like years ago? 
<laughs> I appreciate it, man. I, I I'll say this, right? Like for those of you like and, and I get it, right? I, I think there are those who are listening who are like, it makes sense, it makes sense, right? And 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 being appreciative. And I think that, and Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, like we are speaking from places of our own experience. Like we've mm-hmm. we've we've gone through this work. We we've we've made the mistakes, we've done you know, it's easy to sit back and be like, man, like, hey, look, Matt's an author and Charles has the show and, and, and Matt's doing, you know, he, he has his PhD and like, it's easy to sit back and look at all those things. But the reality is we, we weren't, we didn't start here, right? We, we, we've learned these from our own experiences, making those mistakes. And, and you know, it, mm-hmm. is, it is our hope that the listeners of this show will be able to make fewer mistakes because of the mistakes that we have made along the way. So, Definitely. you know, it's just, I, I, I want to say that because I, I, I know a lot of times we sit and when it just kind of, it makes sense and it's easy for us to think about and we share these words of wisdom, you know, and somebody is sitting there like, okay, like just, just listen to those things, you know, and you're, you're, you're going to get to where you want to be. But as, as we've talked throughout this whole episode, like the truth is figuring out who you are, your, your, your purpose and grounding yourself in that and surrounding yourself, right. As Matt said, not, not yes, men, right. Not those people who, who pat you on the back and say all those things, like surround yourself with people who are going to challenge you to become the best version of yourself possible. You may not always like mm-hmm. it, right? Like I've, I've had to have these conversations with people, people have had to have these conversations with me and it's in those moments you have to sit back and say, as much as I'm upset right now, right? As much as I'm angry and irritated and frustrated with what you're saying, I appreciate you bringing this to me because that means that you, like Matt, like you were saying that you care, right? That our, our, our goals are aligned and that we're going to move forward together. Because as you said, it's a lot easier to sit back and be like, no, good job. Keep it, keep it moving. Right. Because those are the people who don't care. Those are the people whose goals are not aligned. And while it may feel great to be around them, like they're not the ones who are going to get you to where you need to be. So Matt, thank you for those words of wisdom. No, no problem, man. Thank you. So, you know, as as we get ready to close out, like it's, I I know I say this in almost every episode, but I, I glance up, you know, at this the screen and I'm like, man, time's, time's just flying on by. I, I'm sure there are people who want to say, Hey, you know, I, I want to either read, you know, some of Matt's books, right? He has that great series out right now, or I want to jump on a show or listen to his show, whatever it may be. How can they find you? How can they connect with you and just be a part of your journey? Definitely. Um, like I said, Charles, thanks again for having me, man. Um, for the listeners, the you know the best way to connect with me, um, you can find me on Twitter at Wood from a Woods, all one, all one in one word, no space at Wood from a Woods. You can also uh, go to my website at www.leadingoutthewoods.com. It'll link you into the uh, children's book series. It'll link you into the uh, professional development that I provide. Uh, it, you know, it'll my bio, like everything you need, my podcast, everything you want to know about me. If you want to connect with me or 
find out more about my work, just go to the website, www.leadingoutthewoods.com and one-stop shop for everything. Well, thank you. And and I guarantee you that if you, if you connect with Matt, if you haven't done so already, please make sure that you do so. You will not, you will not regret it. And uh, don't take any offense if uh, Matt's like, hey, I got to holler at you for a second and <laughs> push back on the work that you're doing. It's because he loves you and he wants to make sure that you're moving in the right direction. All love, man. All love. <laughs> well, Matt, thank you so much. Not just, just for being on the show here, because I, I, I appreciate us being able to continue to share spaces. But, you know, just thank you for all the work that you're doing to keep these honest conversations happening. So that way, the work that we are doing collectively can move forward towards, you know, this end goal that I know that we're shooting for. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. Hey, listeners, before you go, I wanted to let you know that I've partnered with a brand new Etsy shop made for you. Here you will find whimsical gear that reflects your unique personality. From snarky phrases to cute designs to fun teacher merch, this growing shop should be your next stop. For a limited time, listeners to the show can use the promo code COUNTER, that's C-O-U-N-T-E-R, to earn 10% off their already affordable prices. See you next time. I want to thank you for listening to the Counter Narrative Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to like, subscribe, and of course, share it with friends and family. I'd also love to hear your thoughts about the show, so please leave a comment or two as well. Now, I'm not sure what platform you're using, but the show can be found on Anchor, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and plenty of other platforms. If the show isn't on your preferred site, let me know, and I'll be sure to get it up and running. This podcast is also featured on schoolrubric.com, where you can find educational articles, videos, and interviews with educators from around the globe. Be sure to connect with me and other listeners by following the show on Twitter at the CN Podcast and joining the show's Facebook group. Take care.